Welcome to Business Blur View and the Women Running Businesses podcast. My name is your host. If this is your first time listening to Women Running Businesses, we are a weekly podcast that brings successful female entrepreneurs in every week to dive deeper into their minds. So stick around to hear authentic and honest conversations surrounding entrepreneurship and make sure to subscribe to stay in the loop. Today, we have a very special guest, Brooke Alex. Brooke is a pop singer slash songwriter from Nashville, Tennessee, who turns heads with her fierce vocals and catchy hooks. Brooke, we're so glad to have you on today's episode. Thank you so much. I'm glad to be here. So let's start off with an easy question. How long have you been singing? So apparently when I was seven years old, I went up to my mom and I said, I want to be a singer. And she started taking me to auditions that she saw in the newspaper. We had no idea about how to start a career in music. Um, and I guess it, they went well and people, agents and vocal co- coaches wanted to work with me. So we were like, oh, I guess I can sing. Um, and that kind of launched my infatuation, infatuation with music throughout my life. Um, I ended up going to college for music. I went to Elon University in North Carolina. And then when I graduated, I moved right to Nashville to pursue being a pop artist here. So I've been here for the past three years, writing and recording music and releasing it. That's awesome. When did you first start putting out like your own music? I started putting out music in college, um, you know, experimenting with my peers there. And I've since taken down pretty much all that music because it, <laughs> it was definitely like a trial and error kind of thing where, um, you know, we were just getting into the studios and learning how to record and my songwriting wasn't as strong yet either. But um, yeah, so mainly in college, but I think after I graduated was when I started putting out um, my best work. That's awesome. Do you write all of your own lyrics? Yeah, so in Nashville, what's really common is co-writing. So two or three songwriters will get in a room together and write a song together. So um, every song that I have released, I am one of a few writers on the song. That's awesome. So co-writing, I'm not too familiar with like, you know, the music industry. Can you kind of talk about what that's like being, you know, in the studio writing with somebody else? How do you choose who you're writing with? Totally. So Nashville has a great community of everyone here is a songwriter or musician pretty much. So (laughs) anytime you go out, kind of the first question you have when you're networking is, hey, do you want to write sometimes? Uh, sometime. It's kind of like, oh, let's grab a beer instead of like becoming friends that way. You, you become friends by having a co-write together. Um, and so, you know, as you're here longer and you hear more, more names of like who is moving up in the ranks and kind of like that, um, you figure out who's at the level that you want to write with. Um, and so generally for me, as a pop artist, I like to have two other people in the room with me. So a producer who creates the instrumental track and then a strictly a songwriter who is there to help with lyrics and melody. And then me as the artist who comes in with the concept for the song um, and ideas and themes for the song to be around. And of course, I'll contribute with lyrics and melody as well. That's super cool. So how did you choose to become a pop artist um, rather than, you know, a different sector of music? Totally. So... As I mentioned, I grew up in um, by New York City, and I used to go in audition in for auditions all the time. And I 
was basically doing musical theater all the time then because I thought that was the only outlet for singing at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, but every time I would audition for things and with my vocal coach, she would always say, like, you have a, such a pop driven voice. Just the way that I would sing was very much copying what I heard on the radio. And so I would have to kind of tone that back when I was singing musical theater and kind of turn on my musical theater voice. Um, so I knew that pop was just the way that my voice always tended to lean so it was very natural when I started writing pop music for myself that's super cool so talking about your new song grace which is about your mom Mm -hmm. um, can you tell me a little bit about you know the song itself and what made you want to write this so have you ever played the game we're not really strangers yes Grant. So um, I was playing that with my girlfriends at a bonfire and my card that I had to answer was, what's your mom's name and what's the most beautiful thing about her? And I started crying when I read that. We were already kind of, you know, having emotional (laughs) conversations because of that game. But um, it just made me start thinking about how growing up I wasn't that close with my mom and, and I regretted it and, and all the things that I, um, you know, that I, I wished, mm-hmm. I wished we could get closer and be closer. And it turns out that we are really similar. And that was the root of a lot of our um, miscommunications growing up. And so a few days later, I was in a co-write um, with two other guys named Jordan DePaul and Asher Postman. And I walked in and I was like, I want to write a song about my mom, which is a really difficult song to write about and not make it cheesy, you know? Um, And luckily they were up for the challenge. Jordan actually, it was our first ride together and he came in with his guitar and was like, I've been listening to your music all day. And I think this chorus melody is so you. And he played the melody that you hear now in grace. And I was obsessed um, as a lot of people have been voicing to me that they are as well. Now that the songs come out Um, and he literally just played me the melody and I was like, turns out I'm a little like Grace. And it, the song was born and it was perfect. That is awesome. You guys wrote such a powerful song too. Thank you so much. It's really cool on TikTok, especially to see how many people are connecting with the song and relate to it. A lot of people went through the exact same thing as me where they weren't as close to their mom when they were younger and they wish they could become closer. Um, and even, even people who are super close with their mom have been jam- jamming out to the song and sharing um, videos with me of them with their mom dancing around to the song. So that's really special. That's awesome. And speaking of TikTok, we know TikTok is such an incredibly powerful platform nowadays. Mm-hmm. How have you really used TikTok to increase your platform as an artist? Uh, TikTok has been incredible. Um I, like a lot of artists during the pandemic, when we had less things going on, really resorted to TikTok to share my music with the world. And it's awesome that anybody can blow up on there. That's really the key. Um, it's it's definitely difficult um, because you work on something for hours and hours and it, nothing happens with it. And then you come up with an idea last minute. And that's actually the video that blew up for me with Grace before it came out. I was just on my way home and I stopped in the car before coming in the house. And I was just like, I'm just going to sing the song in the car real quick, posted it and it blew up overnight. So you just never know, but it really has changed 
like my streaming numbers, you can totally see how it translates people. It's really cool. Um, it's a really fast and effective way to gain fans. For sure. That's awesome. And I know that video that you're talking about is actually the one that I first saw of yours uh, last week. And I was like, that's so oh, cool. Oh, thanks. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was just really cool that it was such a last minute thing that I did. And it really resonated with people. For sure. And then talking about, you know, the rest of social media, Instagram, Twitter, all that good stuff. Um, you have quite a following on Instagram. How did you grow your fan base? Thank you. Um, just over time, you know, playing shows, connecting with other artists in town, other co-writers, people tagging me and things. Um, TikTok has helped a lot with the numbers um, in terms of people just coming over to Instagram from TikTok. For sure. And, you know, being in such a creative industry, it's almost inevitable that you hit creative blocks or burnout at, you know, certain points. Mm -hmm. How do you usually deal with that? So I actually was kind of in a writer's block, I would say maybe this past winter, actually, um, where I had already written Grace and I was like, I want this to be the first song of the next EP. But I hadn't written anything afterwards that I was really excited about to follow the song with. So I was getting nervous that I was going to release Grace and then have no more content afterwards. Um, but I think for me, what works best is just to keep pushing through it, continuing to go to rights, continuing to show up and work on the craft. And then luckily things have just started sparking and working again. And I've started writing within the past two weeks songs that I'm really, really excited about. So I think for me, it's just like, when I feel really tired, I just continue to push myself to push past it um, until it works, I guess. That's awesome. So you actually wrote Grace a while ago then, right? Yeah, I wrote it in October. Um, a lot of people don't know this, but it actually takes five weeks for it to become on Spotify. So you have to like have the song completely recorded, um, mixed, mastered, everything done five weeks before you release it um, because the DSPs, which um, stands for like Spotify and Apple Music and all those, mm -hmm. they need five weeks to process the song. Oh, wow. I did not know mm -hmm. that. So usually how long is it be between the time you finish writing a song and when you put it out? So that all depends, um, you know, like if it's going to be part of a project that you're working on that's going to come out soon. Maybe a lot of artists in town will just kind of write, write, write and wait a year or two years before they even release mm -hmm. any of the music because they want to figure out which is which are the best songs and really pluck them out. Um, for me, I tend to go with the system where I write a song, I write a song, and then when I feel like one is a hit or one really speaks to me, um, I release it and start snowballing into an EP, which, which I've done for the past two EPs. So just kind of Honestly, if I'm being honest, I'm kind of finding the EP theme along the way, which is not a typical mm -hmm. way. Usually artists will kind of write the five <laughs> songs that are going to be on the EP first and then figure out the branding and everything afterwards. But um, I feel like with the go, go, go pace of today, I'd rather just continuously put out music. So I like to snowball um, my releases like that. Right, for sure. Are you currently signed with a label? I am not. Nope. But I did just sign so, a management deal actually yesterday. Um, and I'm really excited oh, wow. about that. So 
Um, I signed a deal with Figure Eight International, and um, my main manager there is Hampton Howerton out of New York City. And that's like my first big step, I would say, that I'm taking as an artist towards um, achieving these dreams. And I'm really excited about it. Congrats. That is a huge step. Thank you. So in general, how much creative control do you have over what you put out? Like, do you get to choose, like, this is the next song that's coming out. We are doing a music video for it. This is how the music video is going to look. How much creative control do you usually have over what you put out? I have 100% creative control, um, which is what is so great about being an independent artist. But also, even if I did sign a major label deal, I would make sure that I still had full control over that sort of thing. Um, You know, it's important to know who you are and push for what you believe in. Otherwise, like who are who are the fans a fan of if, if you don't know, you know? Right, right. Do you currently have a team working with you or are you doing everything 100% solo? So like I said, I just signed a management deal. So they're going to be helping me with pushing um, the songs and marketing and that kind of stuff. But I still have all the creative vision in terms of writing the songs, figuring out the branding. I um, create all my own graphics. I created my website, designed it. Um, I direct and edit all my music videos, come up with the concepts, create all the teasers for when my song's coming out, all the digital teasers on like Instagram and TikTok and Facebook and all that. Um, so yeah, I still have pretty much full creative control, I would say. And the management team is just helping me bring the vision to life further. Oh, wow. That's like a full-time job and a half. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, it is a lot of work, but um, it's really rewarding, I would say. Yeah. So what does your family think about your music career? Have they always been supportive from the start Um, when you, you know, decided to go to college for music? Were they like, yes, we support you 100% or were they kind of trying to steer you into a different direction? I was really lucky, I would say, and they always supported me. I Like I said, I went to my mom when I was seven and told her I wanted to be a singer and she could have just brushed that off, but she immediately um, took me to auditions and things like that. And they, my family knew that um, singing was always going to be a part of my life. Um, So when I went to college, they weren't surprised that I was going to major in music. And then um, when I graduated and told them I wanted to move to Nashville, um, they were also not surprised either by that but I think that they know I'm I'm smart and gonna figure out my way I'm not just gonna um live on the streets while I'm pursuing this dream (laughs) so I think they trusted me to pursue it but also be able to um pay my bills that's awesome Mm -hmm. so what has been your most popular song to date um so right before I released Grace I released a song with DJ Bloomline called Intimidate You and that song actually blew up on TikTok and had a million million and a half views on TikTok um and that totally translated to streams like the next day we had 22,000 more streams on um Spotify and that song then was picked up by Discover Weekly the following Monday and has been continuing to gain numbers um, exponentially since then. So I think we're, I think we might've hit 400,000 streams on the song today. So that song I would say is currently growing the fastest. I will say Grace has the most streams right away um, for a release ever for me. So I'm really excited about that. Oh, wow. 
was it a surprise to you that um, Intimidate You did as well as it did? And did like, did you put it out thinking, okay, let's try and you know make it as big as possible, or was it kind of a surprise when you first saw it on TikTok and like it kind of picked up? Um, yeah, I actually did try one thing before this one blew up where I did, um, I posted a dating application because it's Intimidate You, um, and had people apply to date me and did a whole series on it. And I thought it was such a fun idea. I thought it was definitely going to blow up and it did. I mean, it did okay, but it didn't blow up by any means like the the one that did. Um, and so it was kind of, I was with my family and I just thought of the idea last minute, same thing, like with grace and I just put it through the video together, put it up and it went viral. So it was kind of like I was losing hope on it going viral on TikTok and was kind of like, let's do one last ditch effort. And it worked. Oh, wow. That's so awesome. It really speaks to like how amazing TikTok really is. Totally. Totally. And just keep trying because, and same thing with my roommate. She had a song that came out a year ago and the past week she started posting it on TikTok and now it's blowing up on Spotify again. So it doesn't, it doesn't really matter when the song came out as long as you continue to push it until it does get picked up by the algorithm. Mm -hmm, For sure. So I know a lot of our podcast audience are avid music listeners and want to know how do musicians make money? Is it primarily from like streaming platforms like Spotify and Apple music or is it from like other means like touring and selling merch? Yeah. So there are definitely multiple ways. I will say I have a day job um, and I work for a record label doing video editing, which is where I get those skills from where I can create my own content. But I would say majority of artists here in Nashville do have other means of income as well until they mm-hmm. make it and blow up. Um, but in terms of music specifically, yes, it would be from streaming TikTok started paying creators as well. Um, YouTube, a lot of people are getting into sync placements. So trying to get their songs into TV shows and movies and digital ads on the internet. That is where a lot of people are making money these days with music. Touring, of course, which is not happening right now. Selling merch. (laughs) Um, But yeah, there are definitely multiple different ways. I would say sync placement is what a lot of artists are really um looking towards right now that's so cool and with the pandemic happening were you able to do something with the time that you might not have otherwise like releasing more music than you originally planned um actually no I would say I like a lot of other artists took a hit from the pandemic in terms of like it made me more sad and less of wanting to work on music I would say um but luckily I did push through it and continue to release an EP in in 2020 so I was releasing music all of 2020 some artists took a step back and didn't release any music um but I think that ended up helping me by releasing that music because I don't think I would have signed this management deal if I hadn't so Right. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. And looking, you know, post-COVID, maybe 2022, fingers crossed, that's our year. uh, Do you have any plans to tour? Well, 
we're hoping that, you know, end of this year, things do start to open up. <laughs> so hopefully maybe end of this year in the fall or winter, I'll be able to start playing some shows again, maybe next year, early in the year. Um, but my management company does have a touring arm. So we are looking into booking some shows right now. Oh, wow. Are there any specific cities or like dream venues that you absolutely want to go to, you know, in the next five to 10 years let's say <laughs> definitely would love to play a festival um Lollapalooza Coachella something like that would be incredible um so that would uh, that would be top of my list I would say oh and then I'll yes. I'll add Madison Square Garden is top 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 of the list just because I grew up near New York City and that place has such a um such a steam around it I think that's just like an iconic venue that everyone has on their list. For sure. For sure. So that's top, top, top of the list. (laughs) Who did you look up to, you know, growing up in the music industry? And, you know, who are some people that really inspired you to create? Mm -hmm. So um, since I mentioned I did a lot of musical theater growing up, when I was 13, I stumbled across a YouTube video for Taylor Swift's music video for Love Story. And that video changed my entire life because I realized that I could write songs and sing them on the radio instead of singing show tunes. And that was when I started guitar lessons and songwriting um, because I think before that I hadn't, I never had a favorite artist before Taylor and I hadn't Mm -hmm. seen anyone close to my age um, writing music herself. And I think that was really inspiring to me and was the push I needed to um, you know, move to Nashville and be writing songs and pursuing this dream. For sure. What's your favorite part about being a singer-songwriter? Definitely performing. Um, I would say more so than singing, more so than recording, more so than writing. Being on stage is my true number one love. And that is the reason why I'm doing all this is so that I can, at the end of the day, be on a stage with the lights and the dancers and the, and the musicians singing songs and having the audience sing them back at me. That's an amazing dream. <laughs> and do you have any advice to, you know, aspiring singer songwriters out there, people who are maybe, you know, 13, 14 years old right now thinking in 10 years, I want to be a Nashville. I want to be writing songs. What advice would you give to them? Yeah, I just heard this quote the other day and I'm in love with it. And it's be great. Uh, it's sorry. It's know you're great, but not greater than anyone else. And I think that is really important, A, because you have to believe in yourself, but also don't have an ego when you're networking and be humble and go into every opportunity knowing that maybe it won't work out, but confidently and with happiness and excitement and hope that um, it works out and com- the, that the success comes to you. For sure. That is such a good quote, especially <laughs> like just in all aspects of life. Totally. I, I, it changed my life when I heard it like two weeks ago, I was like, uh, I'll be using that. <laughs> Have you ever considered, you know, television singing competition like American Idol? I have auditioned for every single singing competition show. Um, American Idol, X Factor, The Voice, um, America's Got Talent. 
And I made it a few rounds for The Voice and X Factor, but I never made it on the show, on the actual, like, taping of the show. Um, so that was definitely disappointing to me. I did a lot of those auditions when I was in high school. Um, mm-hmm. it, was di- it was disappointing because I thought at the time that that was the only way to make it. And now that right. I'm older looking back, I'm glad that I didn't make it because that's not really the way that I would have wanted to um, achieve the dream. So, for sure. and I don't think, I think if I had made it then, I wouldn't have the skill set that I have now. Like my songs wouldn't be as strong and I wouldn't be um, known for the things that I want to be known for now. Right. Especially being so young, like just getting tossed into a spotlight. If you were totally, that would have drastically made, you know, a huge difference. Exactly. And like, if I made it now, I know exactly who I am. I know exactly what I stand for and I know what I want to represent. Whereas back then I wouldn't have. For sure. And now that you're a little bit older, are you thinking maybe like, let's try that again? Or are you going in a different direction with your music and career? Mm -hmm. I think that those shows are kind of losing their luster, I would say, right now. (laughs) Um, So, no, I'm not really thinking about um, using those shows to achieve the dream anymore. I'm more so trying to gain fans organically now. For sure. That's awesome. (laughs) And then just looking ahead to, you know, the rest of 2021, we still have, you know, lots of months to go in this year. Mm -hmm. What are some goals that you want to accomplish? This year, I would like to put out music that people, that really resonates with people. I would like to continue growing the fan base. Um, I would like to entertain maybe some publishing deal opportunities would be incredible. Um, And just continue to write even better music than I have in the past. That's some amazing goals. Thank you. And with that, I think this is a great place to end the episode. Brooke, thank you so much for sharing with us what it's like being a singer-songwriter. I know I absolutely love your new single, Grace, and I'll probably honestly have it on repeat for the rest of the day. Oh, you're so sweet. Thank you. <laughs> for our listeners, make sure to tune back in next week to Women Running Businesses.